0: Hey everyone, this is Chris and Sandy, been with the Chris and Sandy Show, where we get up close and personal with some amazing guests throughout the entertainment industry. And today, like I say on every episode, we've got a great show for you today. Um, We're excited to hear Leah's story, a little bit of her music, and just see where it goes. So Leah, are you here? I am. How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing super well. How about you
0: guys? We're doing good. Now, I like to start the show off the same way every time this year. We're in a special year. It's definitely a weird one. Um, It is. But but, um, (laughs) how has COVID affected you, and how are you maneuvering through it?
1: Well, um, early spring, I was finishing up a lot of the songs for my upcoming album that comes out October 16th. And So I was headed to the studio in late May, Um, so I was doing a lot of rewrites and making sure that I was content with all the finished products of the songs. But as far as gigs go, you know, most of them were wiped because of COVID, so a lot of my gigs over the summer didn't happen. So I had just really been working on kind of cultivating social media and putting out content on Facebook and I did some Facebook lives and because social media is such a big part of music now. So I was really trying to boost (laughs) that as well. Um, but I also just worked on, you know, enhancing my guitar skills and I, I wrote a lot and just tried to get better at writing. Um, and then, as far as you know, as I got into fall, things are starting to to pick back up. Um, you know, I've had a, a few gigs. I had a a gig last night actually at Red Light Cafe, and it was super great because they had a lot of precautions. Like, you know, they take your temperature at the door, and they were social distancing the tables. Um, and so it was definitely safe, and it's great because. You know, I love performing, and I want to perform in a safe way. Um, so I'm mm-hmm. glad that some of these places that I'm playing at, you know, they have a lot of COVID restrictions and precautions yeah. going on. Um, yeah. But overall, COVID for me, I mean, that, you know, quarantine period, it was super beneficial just trying to get better and enhance my
0: skills. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's like that, for us, you know, we launched a show back in January and our original plan was eighty to hundred interviews first year. We thought if we did a hundred interviews first year we we'd probably do that would probably be more than most hosts their very first year. So that was kind of the goal and thinking of the hundred number. And then COVID happens. And I told mm-hmm. Andy, I was like, you know what? We'll probably never see this opportunity again. We need to seize it. And I was like, you know what, artists are going to need a place to talk, Mm -hmm. and we're going to give it to them. And because of that, we stepped it up, and we're over Mm -hmm. 230 interviews now on our way to 300.
1: That is so great. I'd say, you know, even though, like, live performances did slow down, there were a lot of things Mm -hmm. that were good about COVID for music. You know, social media Mm -hmm. kind of boosted up. Everybody was very tuned into that, and so there were it's, there were some downsides of COVID, but there were a lot of
0: upsides, too. Yeah. So before we really dig into a little bit of your story, I always like to um, go a little light. So what are some hobbies you like to do outside of music?
1: Well, um, I am very academically motivated, and I go to <laughs> – an in international baccalaureate program within my high school. Um, oh, well. So I love, you know, no. I love school as well as music, and I've also played girls fast pitch for around eight years. Um, and I'm I'm super involved in that. Um, you know, I was I was a pitcher, and so mm. I never knew that. You know the performing and pitching would kind of coincide with each other and that everybody, when you're pitching, Mm -hmm. everybody's watching you, you know, and Mm -hmm. the game kind of depends on you. And so the pressure, (laughs) um, the pressure from that really got me prepared to play Mm. in front of live audiences and be confident in performing. Um, and I love softball, and I love being part of a team. Um, and But if I'm not, you know, doing school or playing softball, it's usually just writing and performing, um, you know, hanging out with friends. Um, and sometimes, you know, I dabble in tennis a little bit. I'm not the best <laughs> player, but um, sometimes my dad and I will go down and – Play a tennis match, and you know sometimes I can beat him. I say I've gotten better. You know, I used to take <laughs> yeah. um, lessons for a little bit there. So, but that's outside of music. That's, oh, well. that's what I like so, to do.
0: So, what would you say is something quirky about you?
1: Something quirky about me? Well, okay. Something interesting about me is I like. I'm super inspired by the rain and so whenever it's a cloudy day or it's raining at my house I'll always sit by the window and write songs. It's like one of my favorite things to do. Um, but it didn't it wasn't always this way. Um yeah. I used to be deathly afraid of storms and
2: <laughs> when I was
1: younger I was so afraid, like anytime there would be a big cloud, I'd be like, "Oh my gosh, there's going to be a tornado, and we're all goners." Like we should just head out now. I can remember being at like <laughs> softball tournaments, and it would start to rain, and I'd be like, "Oh my gosh, this is it, this is it, guys, we're gone." You know. But um that kind of all started when I went on a trip to Whitewater, and I had been waiting all summer, so I was like. 10 years old, I think. And I've been waiting literally all summer to go to Whitewater. And school is about to start. And this is like the only weekend I can go. And so I dragged my dad and my brother there, even though my mom was like, it's going to rain. It's not a good idea. But I was like, I have to do this. I have to go to Whitewater before school starts. And (laughs) so we go and we have a fun time for about. 45 minutes and then the sky starts to get like super super dark and at this point you know I was fine with storms whatever but <laughs> then it starts to pour rain and they all like it's just super bad like on the radar it's like purple Um but they all pack like a ton of people into this first aid shed because there's a tornado like a mile away and so <laughs> oh, wow. um I was that like, psyched me out so much, and I was so scared of storms after that, um, because everybody was shoulder to shoulder in this first aid shed, and people were crying and freaking out, and from then on, I was like, I am not doing storms anymore. But um, then a few years passed, and there was this big storm by my house, and my mom. She loves storms, and she finds them to be, you know, beautiful acts of nature. And so she sat me down by the window, and she's like, just watch. Like, just watch how beautiful the storm can be. You know, not when it's super destructive. And I know that storms can absolutely ruin people's lives. But, you know, when it's a calm storm, just going through the area, just watch how the trees dance and how calming it can be. And um from that point on I just I absolutely started to love storms and I thought they were <laughs> inspiring and they you know, they sparked ideas in my head and it's you mm. know, I'm just noodling on my guitar and I have my notebook out, writing lyrics. It's it's a great experience. So that's something so your mom, about me.
0: Your mom's probably lucky she didn't create a storm chaser out of you by saying that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Oh my gosh. I and I used
1: to watch all of those like storm chaser videos. I don't know how
2: those people <coughs> we'll do
1: that by the way. That is I mean, yeah. that's so terrifying to be right by a tornado. And it they had that movie. It was like Into the Storm or something where there were like fire tornadoes and that came out like right in the moment where I was terrified of storms. So
0: that <laughs> not was a laugh. <laughs> not a
1: good
0: <laughs> <great> moment. <laughs> so tell her a little bit of who you are, where you're from, and kind of a backstory of you that led you into the music world.
1: Yeah, um, so I grew up in the South, and I'm from Atlanta. I still live in Atlanta, Georgia, and I'm 16 years old. Um, and I started kind of unofficially writing at the age of seven, and it probably, you know, my first memory of creating music um was during my initial guitar lessons and my guitar teacher you know he really wanted me to practice the songs in the curriculum and I was like nope I'm doing my own tunes and they weren't like you know they didn't have rhyme schemes or anything there wasn't anything super serious about it but I had these melodies that I created and I always wanted to play them for him but um then I kind of took a break a little bit because I got really into fast pitch softball. Um, yeah. Like I said previously, and that again gave me just so much confidence to perform and share my music. But um, a few years ago, my one of my vocal coaches was like, you know, you should try writing in a more disciplined way. And I've always loved to write. I was just afraid that maybe people wouldn't like my music. But I really started taking it seriously after that and sitting down and writing songs and learning about the the craft. Um, Mm -hmm. And so from then on, you know, I had just been been writing and performing and really getting back into music and guitar. Um, and so that's a a little bit of a, a backstory of my writing. But um, mm-hmm. as far as performing goes, ever since I was little, I mean, I can't even remember a time when I wasn't singing. And mm-hmm. um, my brother and I actually started off as sort of a duo Um, and that we would play at little coffee houses and festivals in conjunction with our music school and the school that we attended. Um, And he would always play piano and I would sing, um, but he, our path kind of diverged because Mm -hmm. he went more in the musical theater route and now he attends the university of Michigan, um, doing the track musical theater. Um, but he had to take dance class and acting class all through that time period. And I figured out that I wanted to go the commercial music route and the country music Mm -hmm. route. Um, during that time, so I still love to work with him now, and we've put out two <laughs> on YouTube, and he actually oh, well. sings backup on three of the seven songs on my upcoming album. So he is a great voice, and I I always <laughs> love working with him, no matter what. But so, that's a little bit of a a backstory.
0: <laughs> so as you know, um, a lot of people they see the glory of a Blake Shelton. Of a Miranda, of a Carrie But they don't see the grind The sacrifice, the tears The struggles that it takes Not just to get to the top where they are But to even get it to a, to a career level And I always like to talk about that side of it Because I, I think that it's not talked about enough In the music industry Because <clears throat> everybody talks about the glory But they don't talk about the grind And I always like to bring that out Because I think people need to hear this side of it So I'm going to tell a quick story to help guide us into where I want this to go, and then we'll talk about that. But back in 2014, we interviewed Allison Steele from Two Steele Girls, and at that time, they were full-time with music. And I asked Allison what advice would she give an up-and-coming artist, and I'll never forget her answer. She said that this is going to sound funny coming from someone full-time, but if your heart will allow you to do anything outside of music, then go do that. And just keep your keep music as a hobby. She goes, the moment you want it to be a career, everybody owns a piece of your life but you. She goes, you, you no longer own your li- own life anymore. She goes, your friends and relatives never understand. They, they invite you to weddings, to cookouts, to holidays, to weekends. But when you're in that grinding mode, especially at the beginning, you can't say no to gigs. You can't cancel gigs. You don't want to be that kind of artist. So they, mm-hmm. sometimes they, they just don't understand the work that you have to put in, even though you're not getting much out of it materially. Um,
2: mm-hmm. Then on
0: top of that, your family has to sacrifice. You know, it's not just about you. It's about the whole family has to sacrifice to help you grow. Then on top oh, of that, if, if that's not enough, days you just don't want to do anything. But if you've got a gig that night, you've got to get on that stage and smile like there's no tomorrow. But then she added, <laughs> but – if your heart will not allow you to do anything outside of music, if you cannot see yourself doing anything else, then go all in. And that's the only way that those kind of sacrifices could ever be worth it. What do you think of what she said? And let's talk about that side of it.
1: I think that is so true. And especially for me as a teenager, there's a lot of experiences like, you know, going out with your friends and partying and, you know, all that kind of stuff that I don't, you know, I don't do a lot of I My friends know, and I love my friends to death because they understand that on Fridays and Saturdays, I usually have a gig and I can't, you yeah. know, go out or anything. Um, but, you know, I wouldn't trade music for anything. My heart is with music and it's with performing yeah. and I'm so willing to sacrifice those things for Mm. performing. Um, So I think that's, that's so true because especially for me, if this was a marathon, I'm only on mile one and I'm only at the start of my journey. So Mm -hmm. I'm in a period where I know the things that I do now will pay off Mm -hmm. in the future and they're going to take me to another level. Um, And the sacrifices that I make now will take me to the next level. So I do have to give some things up, but it's absolutely so worth it. And um, yeah. so I think that what she said is completely factual and that, you know, if your heart's not in it 100%, don't do it because you can't be half exactly. in.
0: You know, and there's it's too many sacrifices five. to make if it's not all way in. Right, yeah.
1: exactly. And, <clears throat> and, you, and know, you know, you, getting,
0: you and you talked about the whole, um, mature, it's like a marathon. That made me think of something. And, and it's funny, I told this story on, on the show yesterday too. But again, you just brought this up to make me think about this. But you can also put it this way you know, th- there's this tree called the Chinese bamboo tree. You can look it up, and it's an mm-hmm. interesting tree. Um, you plant the tree or the seeds, whatever, and mm-hmm. you water and fertilize it every day. Just like your music career, you're watering and fertilizing mm-hmm. your career every day. You might not see much out of your career, but you have to water mm-hmm. and fertilize it. Well, it's true, you water and fertilize it every day. A year goes mm-hmm. by, It's still nothing has come out the ground yet, nothing. Mm-hmm. Two years go by, nothing. But you still have to water and f- fertilize it every day because if you don't, nothing will ever come. But, but you keep watering, you keep fertilizing, keep watering, you keep fertilizing, just like your music career. Um mm-hmm. then three years goes by, nothing. <laughs> You're still doing it, though. <laughs> Four years right. goes by, still nothing. But sometime in the fifth year, in about a eight to 12-week span, I, I don't know the exact number. I, I need to look that up. To know exactly, but in somewhere like in a, in a several-week span, that tree will grow out of that ground and grow 90 feet.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's right, that's what, I, that's, think, that's that's what a, I think that's what I think is a music career,
1: yeah, I need one of those to remind myself <laughs> in my house <laughs> yeah. um, but um no that is that's so true, especially now because mm-hmm. there mm-hmm. are small victories, and I really love mm-hmm. those small victories because those victories will yeah. up getting bigger the harder I work,
2: <clears throat> and
1: yeah. um. So I think that is that's a very good analogy. Um but yeah, I definitely need one of those. And I love your show. <laughs> I've listened to a couple of the the podcasts before and I absolutely love how you you capture an artist's whole story kind of from top to to bottom or to where they are now. Because you know, you 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 hear about a lot of the successes that people have mm-hmm but oftentimes you don't hear about where they started. And mm-hmm. since I'm at the start, it's really cool to hear people, hear people's stories that are successful now, but how they were in the beginning and the grind mm-hmm. in the beginning and how there wasn't a lot of payoff at the start. But, you know, as they've gotten older and they've gotten more successful, that's when it starts to show. So I think yeah. it's really cool how you guys – Tell an artist's whole story. It's very inspiring well, for me because it's kind of a reminder. Well, we appreciate that. that. We yeah, sure
0: do. <laughs> and that's the it's purpose the of our show to is to get their story out. Because, because you know, when we first it launched is. the show, I, I remember telling Sandy, you know, now, now, granted, being a husband and wife co-host team, that already makes us different. I want to find a way to make us different, but that already makes us different. But mm-hmm. I want something beyond that and Mm -hmm. as i listen to a lot of shows you know they they go 20 25 minutes and in that time you can only talk music i mean you just you you can't talk about the story i was like you know what there's where we're going to be different we're going to give them 60 minutes up to 60 minutes and we're going to allow them to talk about their story uh, and, and we'll see how it goes and just get it all out because i i think that that's the most important part is the story behind the artist because, yeah, we, we talk music, but I want to know about the person, not just the music.
3: Because exactly. their story matters. <clears throat> mm-hmm.
1: That's true, so and it's awesome t- that you guys yep. do that. And your show is super That's cool, too. You guys are out of Savannah, <laughs> right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. We're moving Savannah, to Nashville mm-hmm. next year, but right now we're still in Savannah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Awesome.
1: I've some of the coolest memories from Savannah. I can remember walking along Factors Walk and getting gray mm-hmm. oh, yeah. chocolates, Yes. <laughs> um going on <coughs> ghost tours. It's such a nice mm-hmm. town. It's so in the old historic homes. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Oh, so yeah. So beautiful. Yeah,
0: yes, tomorrow mean tonight. Where? Tonight it? we're actually mm-hmm. Uh, every Friday night we kinda of have a family date night where we all go down River Street and walk and and, Lil, and of course little Chris loves has to get the free praline, you know. He does. <laughs>
3: every time we go we have to go in and get a praline sample. <laughs> he loves of course, that. I still do it. Yes. <laughs> yes. I still t- love
0: it and too. And <laughs> tomorrow and tomorrow we're going to our sister city, Charleston, for the day.
1: Yes. I, I can remember I went to Charleston. I think the last time was we went on a fifth grade field trip and we took a tour everywhere. Mm. That's so beautiful
0: too. Yeah, it is. Oh yes, yeah, beautiful area there. <clears throat> now, a yeah, while, you know, while ago you said. Yeah. Th- now, a while ago you said about the small victories. Tell us some of those. Tell us some of the victories where you're like, wow, I got to do that. Let's hear some of those since we already talked about the sacrifice side.
1: Well, I think that um one of the you know, victories recently is my music video um for my the first single off of my upcoming album, Better Than Mine. Mm-hmm. Uh the music video for that is actually on the CMT website, aired today. Oh, wow. So that was Congratulations. Really awesome. thank oh, you. Oh so yes, much. congratulations. Thank you. Um, and I'm super excited about that. And then, also, my song has been played on some radio stations, the bulls backyard country um you know it was so it's just so cool. We were riding around in the car, and there was my song on the radio oh. like what that's like my dream so that was an awesome experience um and then honestly the the satisfaction. after every time I perform at a gig big or small it's just Mm -hmm. I I feel good like I just love sharing my music with an audience and seeing how my music resonates with people I just think that's the coolest thing ever Um, so those are just Mm -hmm. some of the Mm -hmm. things that kind of fuel me to do more
0: I love that and we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to come back and play that song better than mine and then talk about that. How's that sound?
1: Awesome. All
0: right, hang on the line.
3: Hey, everyone. We have partnered with another great podcast called The Sports Guys Podcast. You can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. The Sports Guys Podcast is a sports and country music podcast
1: Love it. it!
0: Great song. So tell us a little bit about the song.
1: Well, the song was produced by Casey Wood along with the other six songs on my upcoming um, album, and he brought in some incredibly seasoned musicians for mm. this album. Like we had Nick Buta on the drums, Tim Marks on bass, Billy Nobel on keys. Mm. Kerry Marks and Eddie Heinzelman on guitars and then oh, well. I had my brothers singing back up. Go ahead. Um, and so this song, it's it's about when I was always taught to end end it with grace. You know, when you're backing mm. up with mm-hmm. someone, yes. be kind and make sure that person doesn't go away super angry. But yeah. you always expect a little bit of sadness Because that means that the relationship Meant something, you know exactly. And yes. This song is about the feeling when That doesn't happen And the person that you've broken up with mm-hmm. Goes out the next night with another guy Or another girl And mm-hmm. it's the painful feeling In the realization that The relationship didn't mean as much To that person As you thought it did Um. Mm-hmm. So That was, you know, the story of this song. But I write about things that either I've experienced or I've observed in the world around me. And so a lot of the songs off the album, you know, are about things that maybe not I've experienced in my lifetime, but I've seen happen to other people as well.
0: You know, that made me think about something. And to put some thoughts in your head about this, about the whole relationship thing, because Sam and I, we've been married, Monday will be 18 years. Wow. And, and guys That's and girls, of course, but well, thank you. Guys and girls see things a little different. And again, granted, it could flip-flop when, what what I'm about to say. So what I'm about to say is not 100% accurate, but it's accurate for most people. Um, mm-hmm. But when, when a girl wakes mm-hmm. up she can't see she shuts herself down that's her way of coping with what just happened she mm-hmm. she pulls away from everybody for the most part when a guy leaves a relationship although he may go date almost immediately that's his way of coping with the pain it's he still he still has that pain in him the girl might not the girl then looks at that and says oh he never cared but that's not right. true. That's his, you know. That's a male's way of cope, and like when I say a male's way, this that for the most part I should say because there, there, there are some males that would flip flop where they would shut down, and the girl would actually be the one to go out there. But for the most part, yeah, always, when when a male it leaves a relationship to cope in the pain they immediately have to date somebody. They feel like, I've got to get in this new relationship or I've got to get in this new date or whatever, and and it's partly an ego thing, but it's, it, they they feel like if I do this, they're covering up their pain. Yeah. So just kind of think Absolutely. about that. you know? <laughs>
1: And I think that, no, that's, that's so true. So, you know, this song can either be, I guess, taken from the girl's perspective of, you know, not yeah. knowing why the guy is doing this, or uh, right. uh, you know, from a guy's perspective, if a girl does this, still not true. knowing. So yeah, yeah. Um, but
0: that is true. So true. <laughs> <laughs> so as you know, when it comes to <coughs> music and all that, you know, fans they see the artists. They don't see the PR people. They don't see managers, producers and all that. And I'll be honest, I feel like that they don't get enough love. And I've said, you know, on our show, they're gonna get the love they deserve because they they deserve so much more. So we like to get the artists a chance to talk about their team. So if you want to tell us about the team that helps make you be who you are.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um I've got Todd Elmore that does <laughs> consulting and co manages me with my mom and um, Mike Farley, who's also on my team, and he does publicity. And Todd Elmore is also with Hubbub Music. Um, And then my mom, who is the best, you know, she does a lot of management things for me as well, Um, a lot of trying to book gigs and stuff like that a lot of behind the scenes things because mm-hmm. a lot of people don't get that you can't just like I mean I guess you can write and record a song in a day but there's a lot of things that are behind that and trying to get mm-hmm. it out there and so she is so wonderful and she helps me with all of that kind of stuff and um, I've got Casey Wood who produced the album he's a fantastic producer. Um, But those are the incredible people on my team And I'm so thankful for them And they believe in the music And I'm just, I thank God that they believe in me And they have faith in me And that's at the root of all of it You know, that's the most important thing
0: Yeah, now tell us, Mm -hmm. you know Behind a lot of the young artists We've noticed a lot of times the parents fully support them It's not always the case, but a lot of times it is so tell us a parent story where they went above and beyond for your career, and you're like, "Wow, they get that this is my passion."
1: Yeah. Well, I'm very blessed to have a family that supports me and believes in me, but a specific example that you know I know of, of my, is my mom. Who had, mm-hmm. she had a very serious um, career in commercial real estate, and when my brother and I started getting more serious into, you know, he was more acting and I was more music, she mm-hmm. took a break from that to really get involved wow. and help us and drive us to, well, drive my brother to auditions and mm-hmm. help me with music and. She became so involved, and I'm, you know, so grateful for that because she's so important to everything. Like, she, without her, I would not be where yeah. I am today. Um, and so that's, you know, that kind of a lot of the things she does show me that she fully supports mm-hmm. me and she believes wow. in me. But that's something that kind of always stood out. You know, making fights, yeah. obviously. And, um, but I love her too. And my dad also, he's always there. He's always the roadie and you can always be <laughs> helping me set up and take down after gigs. And they're just behind everything that I do. You know, when someone sees me on stage performing or they hear my music on iTunes or Spotify or wherever, um, these are the people that are behind that, and that's my yeah. family, and they're so important to me.
0: I love that. Now, like I told you earlier, you know, we've got a third co-host ourselves because we are a yes, family affair do. show, mm-hmm. and we our yeah. eight-year-old little boy. So Sandy's going to get him on ask his one question that he asks on every artist. Oh, <laughs> yes. And and when, when our nineteen-month-old when our nineteen-month-old gets older, we'll be plugging her into the show too.
2: <laughs> oh, that's awesome.
0: <clears throat> yeah, it's pretty cool to be able to say that that he asked um a question to Cassidy Pope and Randy oh, Travis. Yes. You know. <laughs> and I listened to her. That was so cool.
1: Yeah. I wish I was. <laughs> it's so awesome. Okay, okay now, now what's oh, we got. Chris, Christopher Christopher. Awesome. Hi Christopher. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Hi, uh, I mean, what's her name, again? Yeah. <laughs> Hi, Leo.
2: What's your favorite
0: food? Ask it again, Lucris.
1: Chris. Hi, Leo. What's your favorite food? Oh, what's my favorite food? Okay, well, I love poke bowls or sushi, but there is not a day that goes by where I'm like, I don't want pizza. I love pizza, too. It's a guilty pleasure. I can eat pizza all the time. Awesome. What about you, Christopher?
0: <laughs> So, of course, what's yours, little Chris? <laughs> pizza.
2: <laughs> yes, so that's she, right. Pizza gang. See, so
0: she already knew that, little Chris. See, so she already knows who you are.
2: <laughs> She's famous. Thank you. Bye, Nick. Thank you, Thank you, Christopher
0: loves that, though.
3: He loves to be part of it,
0: absolutely.
3: <clears throat> That's so, so cool. If,
0: if, so if you could co-write with anyone, dead or alive, who would it be, and what would you want to write about? Well,
1: um, I love, honestly, like, that would yeah, be a, awesome. a dream. She is awesome. Co-write <clears throat> for me. I mean, ever since mm-hmm. I've been listening to her Forever. And I love that she she really writes about real things in an honest way. And mm-hmm. I think that's, that's really keeping it raw. And songwriting is super important and making it conversational. Because, mm-hmm. you know, you don't, it's like how you would talk to your friends. She writes songs. Yeah. And I think that's just super yeah. cool. So. She would definitely be a dream co-writer. I'm not sure what we would write about, but you know, if there was an experience that we were both going through or had an interesting yeah. idea, I would love to write with her.
0: Now, speaking of Taylor Swift, and I, what I'm about to say, I may be wrong, and I'm okay mm-hmm. with that if I am. Because, you know, every song she writes has a hidden meaning. I mean, there's a meaning on the surface that everybody sees but there's always mm-hmm. a hidden meaning in in each song. And oh, yeah, we I love got that. to thinking when you listen to the song Betty mm-hmm. and and as, as she sang it at the ACMs I got to thinking and when we get off of here go listen to the song and just think about this. What if Betty is a metaphor for the country music industry?
1: Okay, let's see. I'm trying to think of the song's lyrics
0: cuz Cause where she-, t- cause she t- of course talks about you know would you forgive me would you uh, uh, um would you trust oh, me again yeah. oh yeah, would that you is take a me really... back that's...
1: that's a deep dive, all right, that's cool, <laughs> yeah, that's an interesting thought you could be right because she does she writes about hidden meanings and things all the time, so oh yeah, like her first CDs or something, she would capitalize certain letters in the lyric book mm-hmm. that would spell mm-hmm. out a word or something, or who the song, oh, wow. what the song was about. <laughs> um, I know this is like my when I was seven, and I would, you know, study the CD covers and stuff like that. But um, yeah, you, you could be right with that. That's very interesting.
2: <clears throat> and but, she could, know, like I said, she went. Huh?
1: She went back to her it wasn't super country song, but it was, you know, it was kind of like a throwback to the red album, which was mm-hmm. sort of half country, half popish, half alternative, you know?
0: Yeah. And you know, in it it talked about I think her missing the person and all that. And see it mm-hmm. could be represent the missing the country music industry. Yeah. like I said, and because it's ironic that she did that song for the ACMs, and again, like I said, I may be all way off. I don't think I am, but uh, maybe one day, maybe one day we'll find out. But either way, we'll get her someday. (laughs) I think that there's a hidden meaning that has to do with, and she's basically singing to the country music fans and telling her side through Betty.
1: That's very interesting. I mean all speculations are valid. They anything could be right. So I, I, yeah. you could be right about that.
0: So this past February made the five year anniversary that we asked Kelsey Ballerini where she wanted to be in five years. And I always like to tell this story before I ask the artist that same question because I want them to think about it before I ask it. Um, but the answer she gave us back then is almost to the T of what she's living today. So she had that dream. She had that vision, and she knew where she was going. Um, So knowing that, where do you want to be in five years?
1: In five years, I would love to, you know, be performing my original music to big crowds and to have an audience that loves my music and knows the words to my songs because at the end of the day I love performing and Mm. as I you know said before it's just so satisfying to see how music resonates with people um Mm. you know like for example I was I was up in Nash at not Nashville (laughs) Asheville,
2: (laughs) North Carolina
1: (laughs) Get those two mixed up Um, I was up in Asheville, North Carolina For my mom's Mm -hmm. birthday Uh In February And we happened upon this This place called Asheville Guitar Bar And they were having a songwriter night And so I played a few of my songs And then I finished it up With Angel from Montgomery By John Prine And The whole like it almost moved me to tears because the whole audience <clears throat>
2: wow.
1: like was singing in three-part harmony and they knew all the words. And I was like, I want this for my music one day. This is like legendary. This is so incredible. And it was so awesome to see how that song truly resonated with those people. And they knew it mm-hmm. by heart. And I just thought that was the the coolest thing ever. So in five years, I'd love to have an audience that knows and loves my music like that, um, my original songs.
0: Yeah. That's that's yeah. You know. I, <clears throat> I love that. Now let's say that you look 5, 10, 15 years down the road, and let's say that um, you're a success, whatever, whatever that means, you're a success at that point. And um, if the person you are today could meet your future successful self, what would you tell her?
1: that I'd say, well, all the work paid off. <laughs> all the sadness, <laughs> you know, right. it paid off. Um, mm-hmm. And even in the moments where it didn't feel like it was going to and you felt like, you know, where is this going? Why am I doing this? You know, those moments of doubt, here you are now, and all of that paid off, all your hard work. Mm -hmm. I think that that's what what I would tell
0: a future self. (laughs) I love that. So let's say you had a friend of yours, and you heard him or her sing, and they definitely have something special in them. And let's say they've played maybe 40, 50 shows, so they're still getting their feet wet on the performance side, Uh, um, but they've gotten on stage, and they've got what every artist says, that stage bug where they look over the crowd, the crowd's roaring for them, and they just know they're in the right place, and they come to you, and they say, "I know I'm supposed to do this with the rest of my life." What advice would you give that specific person to help guide them the next two, three, four years?
1: <laughs> well, where I am now, I'm kind of in the position of that person, to be honest. Like <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> still, I, I, I know that I. But want you still to got there. knowledge. I do. I have knowledge, but I still seek knowledge everywhere Mm. I can find it. And I still ask other performers because Mm -hmm. I, again, I'm on mile one, and I've got such a long way to go, (laughs) but I know this is what I want to do. But Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. if someone did ask me, I'd just say keep doing what you're doing because eventually, you know, keep performing, keep getting experience, the things that I'm trying to do now, I would tell mm. them to
0: do. Yeah, and one of the best advice I think we got for our show, which works for artists too, is I remember that I reached out to a Nashville friend of mine. I asked him, what advice would he give us. we launched our show? And he said, what, He said, I'll only give you one piece of advice. Be and stay authentic. He says, you could be the best, Bobby. He could say, you, you could Tell the best Bobby Bones joke, and maybe you're good at it. You could tell the best, best Ty Bentley jokes, and maybe you, maybe you can create an audience doing that. Who knows? He says, But the day will come when authentic Chris comes out. And when that day comes, you will lose every bit of your audience because they were never attracted to authentic Chris, they were attracted to fake Chris. So if you be and stay authentic right from the beginning, you may grow slower, but you'll, but you'll grow with the right audience.
1: A true audience. Yeah. Yes. I totally think exactly. that that's that's true. I mean, for me, I'm trying to stay authentic and be true to myself and what I, you know, what my music to say and what I want people to feel when listening to my music. Um, I think you're right. If you try to fit in with everyone else, it just becomes boring. And you don't want the same mm-hmm. artist 20 times. You know, that's why yeah. people arise, because they're
0: different. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You, you know, that's just like I remember um, during the season of American Idol with Gabby Barrett. I remember everybody but Luke. Luke has always been on Gabby's side. You know, of course, mm-hmm. being a country artist. <laughs> but but everybody kept telling Gabby, you're not a country singer. You so you need to change genres, and she and she refused to listen. Mm-hmm. And and here it is now; she's one of the top artists. So I mean, right, <laughs> the new artists that are rising with the whole I yeah. hope, you know. And I don't care what she sings; she's going to have that country growl to her. You can't take that. She's she's country, but they kept trying to say no. She's better off in another genre.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, I totally get that. Like. I didn't grow up in a household of country music lovers. My parents grew up listening to new wave music. And so I kind of had to find country on my own. In fact, I think the only reason, you know, my mom liked to listen to a little bit of country was because of Garrett Headland and country strong. Um, and so, and so I, I was attracted to country music because of the storytelling aspect and how yeah, there's yeah. so much detail packed into a country song. And then also how a country song gives you the ability to truly, you know, show off your vocal range. And mm-hmm. I mean, also the instrumentation in the raw organic instrumentals of a country song really, really, make me love country music and made me want to write country music and sing country songs. Um, and so, yeah, I, I I think that I've been told before that maybe going to pop, it's like, you know, going to pop, it's, it's not easier, but it maybe fit me better or something like that. But I've always stuck with country because I love country music and I love country songs and I love the work that's Mm -hmm. put into a country song Mm -hmm. and how everything is intentional in a country song. Yeah,
0: Love that. So as we come to a close here, I always like to end with the same last question. What is a question that you wish hosts like us would ask, but they kind of never do?
1: Hmm. Um, I think that a question maybe I wish hosts would ask would be what's the hardest part about doing this at your age?
0: And even though we kind of went there, but you know, what is it? What would you say? You know, we didn't go into depth, but we did talk a lot about the sacrifice side and I imagine that's a piece of it. So that's actually a good question for the younger mm -hmm. crowd. So what is, what would you say the answer to that is?
1: You know, especially with social media and putting content out there as a teenager and being still young and a little bit unsure, it's always it's always a little bit difficult because people in my age range, I never know how they're going to react. And yeah. a lot of people can be... Judgmental but putting my you know I put My work out there for have paycheck, you seen Adults you
0: know? have you seen Adults on Facebook Because <laughs> yeah, cause, yeah, cause, you know you're talking about that You know people your age can be really judgmental oh, And I'm yeah, like have yeah, you yeah. seen adults? Do- <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh
0: That's so <laughs> <actually. That's laughs> true Yeah. <laughs> that's
2: right
3: um,
1: Maybe it's with all ages But social media
2: It like, is it's a
1: platform and people can be hateful. Um, yeah, you know, and so there's always that risk, but I mm-hmm.
2: wouldn't,
1: especially when I was younger, like 14, um, I was less confident in what I was doing than I am mm-hmm. now. You know, I have way yeah. more confidence in the work that I'm putting out and the, the willingness to, to make the sacrifices that I need to make, um, you know, as a sixteen year old rather than a fourteen year old but there's still always a little bit of there's a lot of you have to be vulnerable, and yeah. you have to be ready for so people to mm-hmm. not like your music because not everyone likes you know the stuff you're putting out there. not everyone likes exactly. every donor and that's why exactly. music is cool because it it fits you know differently for different people. You're not, mm-hmm. you know, forced mm-hmm. to listen to one genre. There are, there's music of all kinds, which I think is so cool. Everybody listens to music, but it's catered to them. It's what they like. So I'm just yeah. putting out work for people that may like my stuff and may like my writing. So, yeah, but there's definitely the hardest part is just with with social media and how it can be harsh <laughs> sometimes. And Teenagers can be harsh sometimes. And, again, I'm on mile one. I'm just starting my journey. So I'm kind of in the phase where I have to work to get to the next phase, well, the awkward yeah. phase where I have to mm-hmm. do things that are going to get me to the next level. So exactly. That's the Lo-
0: uh, love that. So as we come to a close here, do you want to tell everybody how they can reach out to you through social media and your site and all that?
1: Absolutely. Um, well, all my social media is at Leah Bell Phaser Music and my website is Leabellfhaser dot com. And you can find my the two singles that have come out before the album, Back Home and Better Than Mine, on they're out on all platforms right now. Um, and then my album drops on October 16th, and you can pre-save that album. I have a link in my bio on Instagram, as well as it's on my website, the pre-save link, which is com.
0: You know, I love that. And, you know, we really enjoyed having you on the show today, and we definitely look forward to having you back down the road.
1: Awesome. And I want to thank you guys so much for this opportunity.
0: All right, great. Oh, have a thank great day. you.
1: It was super fun. Same here. Oh, we love hearing that. Same here. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Yes. Talk soon. Bye-bye. Bye.